your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 381 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. That song you are hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today, what else will we be talking about other than the introductory press conference that Gerard Gallant had uh, with the New York Rangers on Tuesday morning, being introduced as the 36th head coach in New York Ranger history. Again, I'm thrilled about this hire. I think he was definitely the right man for the job, the right coach, the right time coming to the right team. I just think it all makes sense. We talked about that quite a bit in some previous episodes. As far as how today's episode is going to work. Let me just kind of explain this and lay this out before we really get into the details of this press conference. So basically, the press conference happened at 10 a.m. today, Tuesday morning, and I'm recording this around 11.30 a.m. on Tuesday, and this episode won't go live until midnight, Tuesday night going into Wednesday. So that's the way it's going to work. And the other big note here is that the press conference was not shown live on MSG or any other television network today, and I have not yet seen any uh, video clips of it. I do know that the press conference was open to media members who are credentialed and you know able to dial into these Zoom meetings, these Zoom interviews that have become uh, so prevalent over the last couple of years here with the pandemic era and everything going on there. And so... Obviously, anyone who had media credentials, and unfortunately, I don't have media credentials. I think that'll happen eventually. I think Locked On is definitely moving in that direction where you could see me and all of your favorite Locked On hosts potentially uh, get media credentials, be able to maybe even attend these games or at least be able to call into these you know, press conferences or whatever it might be. Uh, but no such luck, at least as of yet. But obviously, any media member who was involved in the press conference today and got to call in and got to ask questions to Gerard Gallant and or Chris Jury, because Jury was also there, uh, they're now able to tweet about you know some of the answers that they got, and there's a lot of articles coming out at this point. So I'm just going by what everybody uh, is saying who attended this press conference. I was not one of those people, and I've not seen the press conference yet, but I figure you know I can read some of the more notable quotes, talk about some of the biggest takeaways coming out of the press conference, and then tonight at 6 p.m., Tuesday night again at 6 p.m., I'll be watching the press conference in its entirety, and then if there's any other talking points to come out of it that we don't cover in this episode, we will definitely do that in the next episode. But for starters, yeah, let's just go ahead and dive right into it, talk about, you know, again, some of the bigger talking points and some of the more uh, notable quotes from this press conference. And everything that I'm talking about here, I could be jumping all over the press conference. I could be going to the end of the press conference, the start. We're not exactly going to be able to go beat by beat because, again, all these quotes are just kind of pouring in. I don't know exactly who asked what question or what order it all happened in, but I don't think that really matters too much. But, you know, Chris Jury was asked about the decision to hire Gerard Gallant, and uh, he had this to say. At the start of this process, I was looking to find a coach with a proven track record and success at several levels. Turk checked all these boxes. 
And uh, as you can tell right there, it's not always going to be the most profound quotes or the most groundbreaking quotes. I mean, there are a lot of quotes here from both Gallant and Drury that are very much coach speak, GM speak, but I think it's still worth going over. Uh, and then they do get into some more specifics. Uh, Drury later talks about uh, potentially naming a captain for this upcoming season. So we'll get to all that stuff as well. But as far as what Drury said right here, I mean, yeah, the Rangers said right at the onset of this search for a new coach that they want to find somebody who's got some experience and has a proven track record. And of course, uh, Gerard Gallant has all of those things. Gallant just won the gold medal with Team Canada at the World Championships. He had a lot of success with the Florida Panthers. He had even more success with the Las Vegas Golden Knights. And then, of course, he also uh, had a lot of success in the QMJHL, leading the Sea Dogs to just an absolutely ridiculous record and winning a couple of championships there. So, obviously, somebody who is battle-tested and basically been successful everywhere that he's ever been a coach. And then uh, Gerard Gallant also had this to say about the current roster. I'm really excited about this roster. We're going to get to work right away and make it the best it can be. And uh, he also followed this up by saying that he will emphasize a 200-foot game, which is something that was kind of a staple of the Vegas Golden Knights under his watch when he was there. You had every player on the roster playing strong hockey in all three zones. So uh, it sounds like Gallant is going to be expecting everybody to contribute in every single asset of the game. And again, this is not exactly the most groundbreaking, like, wow, jaw-dropping news that we've ever heard. But it's just nice to know that Gerard Gallant is going to expect everybody to, you know, not just do one or two things well. You know, you've got to be a complete hockey player to see the ice if you want to be on a Gerard Gallant coach team. And I think that's a great message to send, especially to a young team. You know, certain guys are kind of known for being good offensive players, uh, good defensive players, whatever it might be. But it sounds like Gallant is looking for guys who really can contribute in all aspects of the game. And, you know, we're just scratching the surface here. We're going to dive into this a little bit deeper, talk about uh, what Drury had to say about the Rangers potentially picking a captain in this offseason going into the next season. And uh, just some other things, some other big takeaways from this press conference. Maybe we'll even talk a little bit more about uh, potential assistant coaches under Gerard Gallant. And we're going to be doing all that in just a second here. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and, of course, reacting to big news or rumors. You can even find locked-on hosts across the NBA, MLB, and NHL. Go download the free Locker Room app right now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NHL group for the latest league updates. I know you will find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and leagues. Download the Locker Room app today. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors, and unlike a lot of other protein bars, energy bars, you don't need a gallon of water to get rid of that weird, funky aftertaste that sometimes comes with the other bars. It's just good, and it actually kind of tastes quite a bit like a candy bar. It has an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar. There are no crazy additives, and if you compare it to the most popular men's bar, Cliff, it is half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good and taste that good? I don't know. You just got to try it for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. 
Bet.com. One other thing that I definitely want to mention here before we, you know, get back into the biggest takeaways from this presser today is that, you know, Gallant mentioned last week uh, during an interview, I, I forget who it was with, but he mentioned that it was kind of a bittersweet week for him because unfortunately, uh, last Monday, Monday of last week, he lost his sister. His sister uh, was battling sickness for five years and she passed away. So, you know, obviously our condolences to the entire Gallant family. As far as, you know, some other takeaways from this press conference, uh, Gallant mentioned, this is a direct quote, I want us to be the hardest working team in the league. And, you know, again, it's just coach speak, but there is something to be said about that to instill that kind of a work ethic in the Rangers. I don't think effort is really something that was lacking for the Rangers this past season. I mean, you play 82 games in a typical regular season, or at least this past year it was 56 games. Uh, maybe once in a while you're going to come out flat, but that shouldn't really happen more than like two or three times a season tops. And it sounds like Gallant is not the kind of coach that's going to let that happen. I mean, he's that's not going to happen on his watch. You're going to have to come out and you have to bring it every single night. And you know, if, if I could just switch sports on you guys for just a second here, you guys are probably familiar. Anybody who watches football, the NFL, by now you're you're aware of the show Hard Knocks, which is usually on HBO, I believe. I believe HBO is a network that, that carries it. Uh, but they did one with the Raiders a few years ago. And it was when uh, John Gruden, I think, was it was like his second year back with the Raiders. And there was a big team meeting. And he mentioned to them at that meeting, you know, you guys can decide right now that you're going to be the hardest working team in the league because it takes no talent. It's just a decision that you make. And, you know, again, it's not the most profound thing that you'll ever hear in your life. It's nothing earth-shattering or anything like that, but it's one of those quotes that's kind of stuck with me because, you know, and it applies in football just as like it applies in hockey, just like it applies in, in life, really. And it's the same deal with the Rangers here. Gerard Gallant can put it on the players. He can say, listen, you guys can decide right now that there's not a single team in this league that's going to outwork you. But the Rangers, you know, if Gallant steps in there, he can put it, the onus on them and just say, you know what? You guys can decide right now. Nobody in this, nobody in this league is going to outwork you. So I do like that quote, simple though it may be. And then Gallant was also asked about, you know, his previous three head coaching jobs. And I think by now, you know, we've talked about Gallant and his history, his coaching history, his track record throughout his NHL career and really uh, throughout his career in hockey because he's coached a couple other places as well. We mentioned the two QMJHL championships with the Sea Dogs, but he was asked about how he views the Ranger coaching gig uh, compared to his previous three NHL jobs. Again, those were with the Columbus Blue Jackets, the Florida Panthers, and the Vegas Golden Knights. And he just said, I don't see it any differently. I think it's a team that's ready to take off and go to the next level. And then he was also asked about uh, the incident with Tom Wilson toward the end of the season. I mean, we all know what happened there. It was pretty ugly. It was out of control. Uh, but Gallant mentioned uh, the way that the Rangers responded the next night uh, after all the Tom Wilson nonsense, him ragdolling Panarin, him putting his stick on the back of Pavel Buchnevich's neck and punching him in the back of the head while he was down on the ice, uh, just acting like a complete jackass, just acting like Tom Wilson. And Gallant was asked about, you know, everything that happened throughout that two-game stretch there. And this is what he had to say about uh, how the Rangers responded in the next game. And if you guys remember, the next game was also against the Capitals, and it started with a line brawl, a three-on-three -three fight to kick off the game. And that was just the start. I mean, there were at least three other fights after that, a uh, bunch of game misconducts and, and just all kinds of penalty minutes. Uh, it, it was pretty crazy. So, But this is what Gallant had to say about that entire incident, the entire situation. The players set a standard right there. Anytime you get an opportunity like that and leadership like that from your team, I think it goes a long way. 
And I agree. And, you know, something that maybe I think I might have mentioned this briefly in the aftermath of everything that happened with Tom Wilson. I mean, there was so much to talk about and so many different angles. And, you know, I think like a lot of Ranger fans, I was just pretty upset and pretty angry about the whole situation. The NHL failing to take any action other than the $5,000 fine. And just the fact that, you know, Tom Wilson would even do that, just the incident itself. Uh, I think a lot of us, uh, everybody's blood was kind of boiling if you're a Ranger fan at that point. But something that, you know, I think I kind of just glossed over at the time, and I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit more now. I think an incident like that, in the long run for the Rangers, it's going to be a positive thing because I've always gotten the sense that it's a pretty close-knit bunch to begin with, and I've noticed this just from watching the team and watching them interact with each other, but we've also had guests on here that are a little bit closer to the team than I am. You know, Vince Mercagliano, Colin Stevenson, they've both been guests on the show in the past. They've both been in that locker room. They both see these guys, you know, interact with each other, and that's the picture that they've always kind of painted when they've been guests on this show and, and really, you know, throughout their other work as well. But yeah, I mean, you go through an incident like that, it's going to bring you that much closer together in the long run. It could end up being a positive thing. Uh, these guys are obviously watching each other's backs out there. Even forget about the game with all the fights. The game where the incident actually first happened and Tom Wilson's on top of Buchnevich, again, stick pressed to the back of his neck, punching him in the back of the head and then ragdolling Artemi Panarin. You know, the Rangers did a really good job because they were on the power play, so they didn't have, you know, their big, tough, physical guys out there, and they did a great job trying to watch out for each other because, I mean, God only knows what Tom Wilson would have done to Buchnevich because he was still on top of him, and Ryan Strom kind of put him in a headlock and pulled him off, and then, you know, Tom Wilson's going after Strom, and he, he's on top of him on the ice as well, and that's when Panarin kind of jumped on Wilson and tried to pull him off. So great job by all three of those guys, you know, trying to look out for each other out there, and then, of course, the game after that, you, know, you put the fourth line out there to start the game. Uh, I know Rooney was out there, Phil DiGiuseppe, and I'm trying to remember who the third guy was who got into the line fight. But the bottom line, there were a bunch of fights. And, you know, obviously, they, they basically went to war with the Capitals that night. And I, I don't use that term lightly because it's not a war. It's a hockey game. But, I mean, that was just an absolute brawl, an absolute battle uh, with the Washington Capitals. And, you know, the Rangers don't necessarily have the biggest, toughest, strongest, best fighters in the league, but they weren't going to take any of that. They were going to go out there and they were going to stand up for themselves. They were going to look out for each other. And that's a great thing to see. And I think it sounds like it, it impressed Gallant as well. And he was uh, happy to see, you know, even before he ever became the Ranger coach or before he was even mentioned as a candidate, he was happy to see that these players went out there and once again, they stood up for each other, they looked out for each other, and they had each other's backs, and I could not agree more. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. BetOnline offers real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Once again, BetOnline.ag. I'm starting to notice that there are some videos kind of beginning to trickle into social media on some of the New York Rangers social media pages. From this press conference today, there's one of Chris Jury. It's a very short video. It's only about 20, 25 seconds. Uh, but he mentioned, and to me, this is one of the more interesting takes coming out of this press conference as well. He said the goal and the hope is that the Rangers are a playoff team next season. And I'm paraphrasing here, by the way, not doing an exact quote. Uh, but he said... 
He doesn't believe it's a mandate to make the playoffs, uh, but that with the talent that they have, he believes that that's where they should be. And I couldn't agree more. You know, coming into you know this podcast has been around for the last two Ranger seasons, and going into each of the last two Ranger seasons, I said that I would put it at about 50-50 whether the Rangers made the playoffs or not. Maybe that was a little ambitious. Maybe that was a little bit optimistic, but that's kind of the gimmick here. We try to be glass half full on Locked On New York Rangers and try to be positive about this team and where it's heading. But yeah, I mean, I think going into next season, you know, you've got so much young talent and you've got guys that are now going into their third year or their second year, getting a little bit older, getting out of their teens, you know, getting into their early 20s and getting to the point where they can, uh, you know, buy a beer if they'd like to do that. But, you know, you get the idea. These guys are starting to grow up a little bit. They've been playing together for a couple of years, this core group of players here. The roster really didn't change that much from two years ago to this last year. And I don't think it's going to change significantly going into next year either. So these guys are getting used to each other and... Yeah, I think something's wrong. If you go into training camp or you go into the preseason and your goal is not to make the playoffs, if it's anything less than that, then I, I think something's definitely wrong there. And I also do agree with Drury, though, when he says that it doesn't need to be a mandate. I don't think that if the Rangers miss the playoffs that, oh my God, this team is terrible, blow everything up, start a whole new rebuild, trade Kako, trade Lafreniere, trade Zipan. None of that. I mean, it's something that should happen next year. I do believe this should be a playoff team, but not something that if they don't, make the playoffs, that you have to just, you know, blow up the entire roster. I wouldn't go that far either. But yeah, the expectations 100% should be to make the postseason next season. Uh, whether you're a fan of this team, you cover this team, whether you're a player on this team, the Rangers should be in the postseason next year. And I think, not to get too far away from the press conference here, but I think one thing that's definitely going to work in the Ranger favor next season is the simple fact that we're going to go back to, or at least I think we're going to go back to all the NHL teams playing each other. You know, now that things are starting to get back to normal a little bit, I think you can probably open the door to some travel. You know, the Rangers wouldn't just be playing teams within their own division. And I think that's definitely something that worked against the Rangers this past year, because I'll say what I've said uh, before this past season even started, what I said throughout the season and what is still the case right now. The Eastern Division, I really do believe, was the best division in the NHL this past year. And, you know, every single night, I mean, the Rangers are playing the Penguins or the Islanders or the Bruins or the Capitals. I mean, these are good teams. And I think going into the season, most people probably would have had the Rangers finishing in sixth place in that division, maybe even seventh. I mean, there were some devil's truthers out there that thought the Devils were going to take a big step forward. Uh, but the Rangers ended up finishing in fifth place. So if you look at it from that perspective, you could even argue that maybe they exceeded expectations a little bit. It was always going to be a really tough uphill battle to make the playoffs in that Eastern Division. But now that we're going back to normal next year and everybody's playing everybody, presumably, uh, the Rangers should be able to rack up some wins against some teams from other divisions that aren't necessarily as good. You know, the Rangers, two years ago, they had a really good West Coast road trip. You know, they were beating teams, knocking off teams like the Kings and the Sharks, and they even went, went into Vegas and beat them 5 to nothing the one night. So, you know, I think they did pretty well against uh, the, some of the Canadian teams as well. I would have to go back and know that for sure. But I do remember the Rangers uh, two years ago doing fairly well against teams from outside of their division. So, uh, that'll work in their favor as well. I think they'll rack up some more points. And there's no strict rule that, okay, only four teams from this division and that division and that division and that division are going to make the playoffs. You can have, you know, five teams from one division and three teams from the other division. And I think that very likely could happen uh, when everything goes back to normal next season. We could very easily see five Metropolitan Division teams make the playoffs. And I think the Rangers have a very good chance to be one of them. Glunt also had this to say about his philosophy concerning uh, the development of young players on the New York Rangers. This is what he had to say. You give them the opportunity. Hopefully they take advantage of the opportunity and the ice time they get and excel with it. I don't think young players can sit on the fourth line and get a lot out of that. 
And this is something that I think a lot of Ranger fans, and I include myself in this, you guys know for the most part I was a David Quinn supporter. I think uh, a lot of players definitely developed under his watch. I think that was kind of an underrated aspect of his coaching tenure with the Rangers is that young players seem to get better under his watch as the head coach of this team. However, one thing that you know I, I think was a little bit of a uh, sticking point for anti-David Quinn Ranger fans and, and even people who you know liked him but maybe critiqued him a little bit as we did on the show a couple of times is that at times it felt like the wrong players were on the fourth line. You know, I'll, I'll use Julian Gauthier as an example because this past season on opening night, Julian Gauthier was on the third line. And I liked that because I wanted to see Gauthier, you know, finally just get a chance, just give him some rope and let's find out what we've got with this kid. You know, he's 23 years old. He should be coming into his own, should be starting to show some promise in the NHL. He's somebody who has lit up the AHL, put up some very impressive numbers there, scored a lot of goals and has yet to really do anything of note in the NHL. So let's throw him on the third line. Let's give him uh, a decent amount of rope and just see what he can do. And instead, you know, before long, within just a handful of games, maybe even by like the second or third game, Gautier's back down to the fourth line, and then he's a healthy scratch, and you guys know the rest of the story. He's in and out of the lineup the entire season, and even when he's out there, a lot of times he's on the fourth line. Julian Gautier is not a fourth line player. That's for guys who play a big, physical, tough game. I mean, is a big guy, but you don't really think of him as necessarily that grinding type. He's the kind of guy that would use his size and his strength to maybe position himself in front of the net. He's not going to be the guy that's going to be banging around in the boards the entire game. And so to me, he's not a fourth line player. And if you're going to look to get the most out of him, he's got to be in a top nine role. And I realize all these roles have to be earned, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And sometimes it's just a numbers game. And maybe Julian Gauthier, he didn't always help himself. There were times where he kind of got himself squeezed out of that top nine role. But to me, he's somebody that needs to get a little bit of rope on the third line. And if you're not going to do that, then you might as well trade him and try to get something for him. Maybe somebody else wants to roll the dice on Julian Gauthier, and you can get a draft pick or a middling prospect of some sort. I mean, I don't know. But again, if, if you're just going to throw him out there on the fourth line, that doesn't really do anything for him. And we've also seen over these past two years, there have been times that this hasn't happened that often. And even when it has happened, it's something that's only been kind of done in the short term. But we've seen both Alexi Lafreniere and Capo Caco at different times being put on the fourth line. And I just see that, and it's like, what are we doing? Like, this is not the way to get the most out of these guys. And again, I realize at times, you know, maybe there's other guys who are simply playing better, and you move them up, and by default, somebody's got to move down. And, you know, at least once or twice each, I think we saw Caco and Lafreniere, you know, drop down to the fourth line. And again, that that's no good. That's not where you're going to get the most out of these guys, and that's not how they're going to develop. And again, I'm not going to kill David Quinn for this, because overall, like I said, I do think guys did develop under his watch, but that's just a pet peeve that I think a lot of us Ranger fans had with him, at least from time to time. And Gallant here, it sounds like uh, that's not going to be the case. You're going to see the fourth line is going to be a fourth line under Gerard Gallant. You're going to see guys who are, you know, kind of the journeyman type, uh, maybe just kind of tough, physical, grinded out type players. Guys like Kevin Rooney, guys like Philip DiGiuseppe, if he's back with the Rangers, he's an unrestricted free agent. We'll talk about him at some point as well. Maybe there's a free agent signing that the Rangers bring in and they put him out there on the fourth line and, you know, just a big, tough, physical guy. Uh, we'll see how they look to go. But it sounds like under Gerard Gallant, the fourth line is going to be a fourth line, not just guys who are supposed to be goal scorers that, well, I'm, I'm sick of him in a top nine role. Let's just throw him under the fourth line. No, the fourth line is going to be put together with some purpose under Gerard Gallant and guys who are expected to contribute offensively will not be banished to the fourth line, at least for the most part. And I think that's definitely good news for Ranger fans going forward. Drury was also asked if he believes that any changes need to be made to the current New York Ranger roster. And he had this to say, 
It's hard not to watch these playoffs and notice the physicality, the energy, the effort, the intensity that it takes to win, and we're certainly going to need to play that way to have success. So a little bit of a non-answer. It's one of those, like I was talking about in the intro to this episode, it's kind of one of those, uh, you know, general manager speak, non-answer kind of deals there from Chris Jury. It sounds like he's acknowledging, um, you know, that there's a certain style of play that tends to work in the playoffs, but he's not necessarily tipping his hand as far as how much tweaking the Rangers need to do to be able to compete in that kind of an atmosphere. So we're kind of in wait-and-see mode. I mean, I would imagine the Rangers are going to be making some moves this offseason. I don't think you're going to see you know, the entire roster just flipped upside down or anything like that. But yeah, I mean, I think the Rangers, to be a team that's going to make a deep playoff run, there's definitely some elements that they could still stand to add. We've talked about that quite a bit on this podcast. I think a general, uh, not complaint, but a general, uh, something that's high on Ranger fans' wish list, shall we say, is to add a little bit of grit and add a little bit of toughness. And I agree with that. And I, I do believe the Rangers uh, will target at least one or two of those types of players in the offseason. Basically just guys that make this team a little bit tougher to play against. And then... Drury was also asked about the coaching staff and how that might shake out because right now it's just Gerard Gallant. We don't know of any uh, Ranger assistant coaches with the one exception being Benoit Allaire who has been with the Rangers forever and will continue to be there until the end of time and rightfully so. He's a fantastic goalie coach uh, but Basically, Drury just mentioned that it's one of the offseason priorities, along with filling some front office vacancies, because there have been a lot of uh, moving parts this offseason. Obviously, the most notable ones are Quinn and JD and Gorton, but there's a lot of other guys who've left the Rangers front office, including Brian Leach. And Drury mentioned that they're looking to hire an assistant general manager, which, to my knowledge, I don't know that we've heard that that was definitely the plan because, of course, Jury was the assistant general manager until these recent firings. Now he's the general manager. But I think it's good to have an assistant general manager in place. I mean, Jury is very young for a general manager in this league. I believe he's 45 years old. And, you know, that's not that young, but it's young compared to a lot of the other general managers. And he is one of the more inexperienced general managers. And beyond just the general inexperience of Chris Jury, it's just good to have somebody in the room with you, I would think, that's kind of your right-hand man and just kind of bounce some ideas off of each other and make sure you're on the same page and, you know, make sure that you're challenging each other and, and ensuring that this Ranger team is moving in the right direction. So I think it makes all the sense in the world to have an assistant general manager. And he also mentioned uh, that the Rangers are going to be looking to, you know, hire some more scouts as well. So also a good thing. Gallant was also asked about his prior experiences as an NHL coach, and particularly during his time with the Vegas Golden Knights, he was asked if he believes that this Ranger squad can basically play the same style of hockey that the Vegas Golden Knights did under his watch and really continue to do uh, to this day, and this is what he had to say about that. Definitely. When I was in Vegas, we went to training camp with a plan. We put our systems in place, and we expected everybody to play a 200-foot game, everybody good defensively, everybody good offensively, everybody to have a role in your hockey team. That's what's important for me. It's not going to take 15 guys to win. It's going to take 23 guys. And again, you know, this sounds like coach speaking, and in a way it is, but you think about that Vegas Golden Knight team, and especially the team that he took to the Stanley Cup Final, that's one thing that really stood out about that team is that they didn't necessarily have superstars. I mean, I think... Jonathan Marchessault that year, he had definitely a career season, and maybe he was playing like a superstar, and they had some other good players as well, but I don't think it's a team that was really uh, superstar-laden. It was just a group of solid teams, and they got contributions from up and down that lineup. Everybody who stepped onto the ice brought something unique to the table, and I think that's why you know that Knights team was able to go so far under Gerard Gallant's watch, despite being an expansion team primarily made up of castaways and rechecks from other NHL teams. It really was an impressive run to the Stanley Cup Final that season for the Knights. 
And I'll leave you guys with just one more quote from Gallant from this presser here today. And I think this is the kind of thing that's going to get a lot of Ranger fans excited for next season, looking forward to next season. I mean, I'm already excited. I don't know about you guys, but I can't wait for the puck to drop uh, on the NHL season next year. Obviously, we got a way to go. We got to go through the draft. We got to go through free agency. That's going to be a ton of fun as well. And definitely stick with Locked On New York Rangers because we're not going to slow down on here. We're going to cover all that stuff. But this is what Gallant had to say uh, about, you know, being the head coach of the Rangers and playing home games inside of Madison Square Garden. I love coming in there as a player. It's a great place to be. It's a great atmosphere in there. And if you can't get up to play games in that building, there's something wrong with you. The atmosphere will be unbelievable. I could not agree more. And with that, that's going to pretty much do it for today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers. Like I said, as of this recording, I have not seen much video from the presser. I'm just going by quotes and articles that have been written about Gallant's presser today, but I plan on watching that a little bit later in the day on Tuesday. It sounds like MSG Network is going to have uh, the press conference in its entirety at 6 p.m., so I'll definitely be tuning in for that, and we'll talk a little bit more about Gallant, uh, obviously, going forward, this search for assistant coaches. And then the only other thing that I wanted to mention today is that Chris Drury was asked about the Rangers potentially going with a captain for the start of next season, and this is what he had to say about that. It's a priority, but at the end of the day, it has to be the right person. And then Drury also added that he feels like it's a big piece of taking uh, the Rangers to the next step. And I agree. I mean, I think sooner or later, you have to name a captain. It's been two and a half years since this team has had a captain. And again, you know, this is something that we've talked about quite a bit on this podcast. You can make a case for some of the elder statesmen like Mika Zibanejad or Chris Kreider. You could make a case for maybe one of the young guys. Maybe you throw the C on an Adam Fox or even a Ryan Lindgren. I've also heard that, you know, Jacob Truba, by all accounts last season, was somebody who kind of stepped up and became more of a vocal leader last year. So there's a lot of guys on this team that you could really make a case for. Uh, Maybe Alexi Lafreniere at some point wears the C. Maybe somebody that we're not even thinking of could end up being the captain at some point. But I think the time has come. Sooner or later, you got to make a decision here. You got to throw the C on somebody and, you know, kind of let the rest of the players on this team just kind of follow that guy's lead and take on his personality. And it sounds like uh, there's a pretty good chance that that is going to be happening in this offseason. I would imagine uh, Drury and Galan and the rest of Galan's coaches, whenever they're hired, they'll all have a say in this. And, you know, we'll see how it goes. But it's definitely something that we've talked about a lot on this podcast. And we'll continue to talk about it as the Rangers, uh, you know, look to hopefully at some point this offseason name a captain. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, what do the Philadelphia 76ers do with Ben Simmons? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.